We are glad you could join us today for the Concepts of Faith broadcast. This program is dedicated to teach you how to put the Word of God to work so that it will make a positive difference in the everyday circumstances of your life. And now, here's Charles Caps. What we're going to talk about in this session is the authority of Jesus. We've talked about the authority of man and I want us to get into some scripture that is very revealing concerning some of the things that Jesus said and some things that are probably some of the most misunderstood passages in the Bible. And sometimes you get criticized when you get over on it, but we're going to take that chance and get over there and talk about it anyway because the authority of Jesus is linked to these things and because it's a link to the authority of man. Now, in the 10th chapter of John, We have Jesus in the temple area, and he's saying some things. Let's start with verse 30, where Jesus makes this statement. John chapter 10, verse 30. I and my Father are one. Now, that one little statement was enough to get Jesus in more trouble than when he said, I and my Father are one. Then the Jews took up stones again to stone him. Notice, again. They did that just every little bit. They're ready to stone Jesus because they did not understand the things that Jesus was saying. They were very convinced that Jesus was an imposter and they wouldn't listen even though Jesus could show them in the Word of God. But now here's the situation that evolved out of this. Jesus said to him, now I've done a lot of good works. Now which one of these works are you going to stone me for? Well, they said, we're not going to stone you for the good works. We're going to stone you because you made yourself out to be God. In fact, I think it's the Amplifier says that you, being a mere man, have made yourself out to be God. Because he said, I and my Father are one. Now, the scriptures that we've mentioned this in one of the other sessions, because we were talking about this, down in verse 34, Jesus says, Is it not written in your law, I said, ye are God's? Now, when you go to talking about the authority of man and the authority that God has given us on the earth and that we ought to have dominion, that we ought to be victorious in life, that we ought to have dominion on this earth, people will say things like, well, you must think you're God. Well, God intended for us to be gods over the earth or God over the earth. You spell it with a little g. Now, see, we talked about this when we read in Hebrews, the second chapter, referring to Psalms, the eighth chapter, where David said, What is man that thou art mindful of him, or the son of man that thou visited him? Thou madest him a little lower than angels. And we found out that the context that that was taken from in Psalms 8, the word that's translated angel did not mean angel at all. It's Elohim, which is plural for God. And so here... Someone might say, well, did anybody else in the world believe it that way? Well, Jesus did because he brings it out right here. And he points it out. He said, I said, ye are gods. If he call them gods unto whom the word of God came and the scripture cannot be broken, say ye of him whom the Father has sanctified and sent into the world, thou blasphemest, because I said, I am the Son of God. Then in Psalms 82, we read that, but... I want to read it again because I think that's the way we learn is by repeating some things. Let's read Psalms 82 again. 
God standeth in the congregation of the mighty, he judgeth among the gods. Now, the words here is, God standeth in the congregation of the Elohim, he judgeth among the Elohim. And people say, well, I can understand that because that's the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost that's being judged among. Sounds good till you read the next verse. How long will you judge unjustly and accept the person of the wicked? Well, that immediately shows you he's not talking about the Father, the Son, or the Holy Ghost there. You're not accusing him of judging unjustly. And then, as you come down to verse 6, he says, I have said, ye are gods, and all of you the children of the Most High. So Jesus was just simply pointing back to the Old Testament scriptures when they accused him of trying to make himself God and to exalt himself. Even though he was the Son of God, he always said, I'm a son of man, and he just simply said, I and my Father are one. And of course, according to the scriptures, we are one with God. So we are to be God over the earth for his controlling the situations and circumstances in the earth in this life. And God has an overall control. Certainly he does. You get into situations sometimes where people say, God has everything under control. Well, God really doesn't have everything under control in this earth today because it's not God's responsibility. Now, God does have an overall control in that he's prophesied from the beginning what the end will be. Now, it'll end up just exactly that way. But you see, in the interim time, we are the ones that control the situations in this earth. We vote. We vote in godly men or ungodly men in office in this country, in the political system. And it's time that we, as believers, got out and began to vote in some godly men in this country and change some situations. But you see, God's not just pulling strings and making those people get in office. It's a matter of what we do sometimes. So certainly God has an overall control, but the fact that Jesus here himself said, I said, ye are gods. He sent the word of God to us so that we could be like God concerning this earth for his having dominion over it. Now, Let's talk about the authority of Jesus and how that Jesus operated in the authority of a man here on earth and how that the dominion that he gave to his disciples and that dominion that God has given through the fact that we were born here and the fact that Jesus was born here. I think it would be best if we start there in the fourth chapter of Luke, just pick up where we left off after Jesus had preached his famous sermon there in his own hometown and among those people that just believed that he was the son of Joseph and just a carpenter. Then they tried to kill him and throw him headlong down the hill that the city was built on. And we'll pick it up here in verse 31. And he came down to Capernaum, a city of Galilee, and he taught them on the Sabbath days. And they were astonished at his doctrine, for his word was with power. And in the synagogue there was a man which had a spirit of unclean devil, which cried out with a loud voice, saying, Let us alone. What have we to do with thee, thou Jesus of Nazareth? Art thou come to destroy us? I know thee who thou art, the Holy One of God. Now this is a strange thing for a demon to be saying, isn't it? 
I mean, have you ever stopped to think about what this demon is saying? This demon is saying, I know who you are. You're Jesus of Nazareth. And have you come to destroy us? Why, you're the Holy One of God. Now, why in the world would a demon want to witness for Jesus? Have you ever considered that? What is going on here? You mean to tell me now that the devil and demons have decided to tell the truth? To go around and tell that, yes, this is Jesus, the Holy One of God. Now, you know, look like the demon would want to say, hey, this man's a false prophet. Don't you believe him? Don't believe anything he says because he's a false prophet. You know, I think if it were me and I was trying to discredit a man, that's what I would say instead of saying, hey, he's the Holy One of God. Now, there's a reason for this. And you need to understand the reasoning behind it. Because it is strong in the Scriptures that the devils, the devil, there's only one devil, and the demons knew that it was illegal for God to come in the earth in His divine Godhead powers and destroy the works of the devil. But they did not understand that Jesus didn't come in His Godhead powers. He came as a man and was anointed with the Holy Ghost and healing power. Now that's the thing that most people have missed, and that's the thing that these demons were stirred up about. That's why they were telling the truth. The devil will never tell the truth unless it's to his advantage to do so. The Bible said, Jesus said himself, that the devil is a liar and he's the father of it. So the devil wouldn't tell the truth unless he thought it was his great advantage to do so. So evidently the devil thinks here and the demons have decided it's best that we tell the truth here. Why would they want to tell the truth? Because they're challenging the authority of Jesus. You see, that's what we're talking about in this session. We're talking about the authority of Jesus. He had authority over demons and evil spirits. Now, he had authority over them because he was born of a woman. He had the authority of a man. He had to have a flesh, blood, and bone body, just like your body and my body, to have authority in this earth. See, we read it there in the 10th chapter of John where Jesus said, Anyone that enters in any other way into the sheepfold except through the door, the legal entry into the planet, is a thief and a robber and does not have authority here. But he that entered into the door is the shepherd of the sheep. So Jesus entered in through the legal entry. He was legally born in this planet. It gave him authority over demons and evil spirits. Now the demons didn't understand that. The devil didn't understand that. The devil's not as smart as some people put him up to be. The Bible says, the Apostle Paul made this statement, he said, had the prince of this world known, he would not have crucified the Lord of glory. I guess not. Because when he buried him, all he did was plant him. <laughs> and on the day of Pentecost, he came up. And I mean to tell you, it was a crop that the devil couldn't handle. Thank you so much for joining us for the Concepts of Faith broadcast today. Now, before I leave the broadcast, I want to remind you that all of this week we have a CD offer, number 7232. It's entitled The Identification Series. Two CDs for $15 plus $4 postage and handling, total of $19. The Identification Series. Who are you anyway? Who are you in Christ? 
we're not interested in who you were before you came to Christ because that old man has died and you've become a new creation in Christ Jesus. You know, the Apostle Paul talked about in the 8th chapter of Romans, he says, There is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. So we are new creations. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. You need to realize that we have taken on the identification of Christ. Do you realize that on the road to Damascus, when Paul was struck down by a blinding light, the Lord said to him, Why persecutest thou me? Well, Paul wasn't persecuting Jesus, he didn't think. He was persecuting the church. Jesus said, The church is me. If you're doing this to the church, you're doing it to me. We need to identify with Christ. We are His creation. We are in Christ Jesus. We're born again. We identify with Jesus and the new life. We've become new creations. The Apostle Paul says, Now then we are ambassadors for Christ. That's offer number 7232, entitled the Identification Series. Two CDs for $15 plus $4 postage and handling, total of $19. We have a toll-free order line, 1-877-396-9400. Until tomorrow, this is Charles Capps reminding you that the enemy is defeated, God is exalted, and Jesus is coming soon. To order the product offered today, call 1-877-396-9400 or write Charles Capps. P.O. Box 69, England, Arkansas, 72046. A complete list of CDs, books, and DVDs are available online at charlescaps.com. Through the website, you can listen to this radio program again and subscribe to our podcast. This broadcast is sponsored by Charles Caps Ministries and our listeners in this area. Words working for-